Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monticelli, the host of this podcast, Let's Talk Soul. Over the years, after having interviewed so many people on so many different topics, I realized that what interested my audience wasn't really the individual topics per se, but was how it impacted them, how it touched their soul. So I'll invite you all to lay back, put your feet up, and if you like what you hear, leave a review, five-star review. I'd appreciate that. So just enjoy your listening. I've got a special person here with me, and uh, I, I don't abuse that word special, uh, but special here means that this person is so rich in the experiences that she has had and what she can offer that I'd like to present her in, a, in, in um, introduce her in a, in a specific way. Nicole, Nicole Kerr, say hello to our audience. Hi, everybody. I'm delighted and blessed and honored to be here with you guys today. It's a pleasure to have you. Nicole is talking to us from North Carolina in the United States. Who is Nicole? Now, there's it's going to be lengthy, the description, but I will try to do my best. She's an award-winning uh, award health expert and the co-author of the volume, the book, Eating the Rainbow, Lifelong Nutritional Wellness Without Lies, Hype, or Calculus. So she deals with food. You know, you, you think, okay, she does. She deals with food. Something goes in, you know. Um, she's appeared on CNN, on PBS, on CBS, on ABC, and the Food Channel. And I'm thinking, well, how many letters, more letters are there? Has she been on the BBC? No. <laughs> okay, so, and a host of other TV and radio shows like this one to share her unique perspective on wellness, lifestyle, and nutrition. And although uh, when we talk about spirituality, everything that you do to yourself, I, I think you would agree, Nicole, to how you pray, from how you pray to what you eat is all inextricably linked, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, so let me go on. So for the past 30 years, Nicole has worked in all sectors of society, including the government, uh, Centers for D Disease Control and Prevention, nonprofit area, um, the American Cancer Society, the military, I have too, United States Air Force Medical Operations, um, academia, the University of Hawaii, and healthcare institutions and hospitals that I won't mention because it'll be lengthy. I want to talk to her. Now, throughout her career, she's focused on supporting people for every walk of life to make realistic, meaningful, happy choices for health, for lifelong health and well-being. So, you know, you, we get the picture of, of a health coach, you know, from this description, but there's much more here. Um, when she was 19, when she was a 19 year old cadet at the United States Air Force Academy, Nicole would be forced to learn how to live and love differently following a terrifying and transformative near death experience there. That's where I want you. <laughs> and I'm glad, <laughs> um, her memory of the crash came back 20 years later and it was taken and it's taken Nicole almost another two decades to align her soul, spirit, mind, and body, proving healing is is certainly a non-linear process. Okay, so we have like a wheel with all the spokes. Um, there is everything is included. Now I'm I'm going to um, go on. Uh, you are a disabled veteran. Uh, you have a private practice. 
um, primarily using neuroemotional technique that will ask you about targeting uh, the often overlooked domains of emotion, emo the emotional, the energetic, and spiritual well-being. And she has a website, uh, Nicole Care. K-E-R-R.com. And you will find her at Facebook and Instagram as well. Nicole, where to start? Why don't you tell us about that uh, incident in um, when you were in the military and what happened? How old were you? You were 19. I, I, I was 19. So, yeah, um, you know, here in the United States, our military academies uh, admitted women in 1976. So the first class that graduated was 80 and my class was 86. So I was mm -hmm. one of the, the newbies uh, in mm -hmm. terms of women going into the service academies. Um, I did it to people please my dad. Okay, I'm oh. just going to be clear right up. But I, was he from the military as yeah, well? Yes, ah. he graduated from the academy, wanted to have one of his kids, and I was going to be the one to show up and do it. And ah. um, then I'd have his approval, then I'd have his love, then I'd have, you know, everything I ever <laughs> wanted from him if I just could right. get in there and make it. Please um, him. Mm. Yeah, so that that is um, one of the identities that I've had to learn to um strip off of me and yeah. and it's been a hard one because I've grown up in it and in the of south of course at least in the United States you know mm -hmm. you grow up people pleasing and where where in the south did you Jackson, grow up most of the time Jackson Mississippi you know mm -hmm. and and then I, I went to the academy and that's of course in Colorado Springs at 7,000 feet and I was like I've oh, been there I can barely I can barely I've, breathe here at this altitude. I've been there so Star I, Wars yeah Colorado Springs yeah yeah I was an interpreter during that time and I took a NATO country uh, a group of NATO country visitors that were invited by the United States government and we visited that under we visited the underground NORAD, compound yeah. NORAD yeah that was wow. incredible yeah. Mm -hmm. Many people don't know it's there. So it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're breaking that secret. It's still there. Yeah. Um, so I was in my second degree year. So that's the sophomore year. And at the beginning of the year, we um, have like a, a big squadron get together where everybody comes and plays softball and the Air mm -hmm. Force provides uh, beer for everybody. And needless to say, I had had a previous engagement earlier in the day with the Commandant of Cadets to uh, uh -huh. re recruit new high school girls to come to the Academy. So I wow. had to be doing that earlier and then went I arrived late at this event. And um, needless to say, uh, I was one of the last to leave and there was only one other cadet that had a car there he was a senior so I asked him for a ride back basically uh -huh. and he wanted to stop I didn't know him very well I just knew he was a senior and yeah. um, and we're both going back to the same place and we have to get there by 7 35 yeah. so needless to say he wanted to stop at a bar and have a couple more drinks yeah. and I was yeah. uh, like oh well okay you know you're a senior you probably know what what's best what you're and, doing yeah yeah and then um he wanted to stop and watch the sunset. And then I started getting really anxious going, hmm, there must be another agenda here. And I was really like, no, we got to get back. So we got on mm -hmm. the road and we never made it back to the academy. Needless. What happened? Me. So the car, um, I only remember leaving 
that area uh, that we were at. And the next thing I remember was waking up in the ICU at mm. community hospital. Uh, so I had pieced this together through um, the EMS uh, or EMT that I'm All right. it, again, EMT. What is that? Uh, emergency medical technician, they're paramedics, the uh -huh. uh, there's volunteer, and then there's the regular. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. they were called to the scene along with three different fire departments in that area. Cause we were at way out kind of in a rural area. Yeah. So, um, when they got there, um, I later found this out in the hospital because he came to visit me, the one that kind of I credit with saving me. Um, yeah. And so veteran volunteer uh, uh, EMT, and he got there and looked, uh, they had had me covered up uh, mm -hmm. with a blanket, the bystanders that were there uh, couldn't get any kind of pulse from me, anything. So they went, okay, you were out. I was mm -hmm. out dead. And so he turned me over and looked at me and couldn't get any vitals either. So did something called a sternal knuckle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Painful. Yeah. Painful. Mm -hmm. And so my right eyelid flickered and the pupil dilated. So he knew I had some kind of life in me and mm -hmm. got me, um, had a lot of horrific injuries, was bleeding out and got some mask pants on me to get all the blood up to my organs, got mm -hmm. in the bus and did CPR all the way to the, the community hospital, which was the closest mm -hmm. one. Now, of course, they're not set up for trauma hospitals in the U.S. Hospitals are rated on trauma levels. A yeah. community hospital is just not equipped to deal with right. trauma. So mm -hmm. um, the book opens with the crash scene and your your book. My book, which is called uh, You Are Deathless. Ah, okay, okay. So the first book that I mentioned, that was all about food. No, that's yeah, not a book. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 was, that was about what you need to be eating. And I've decided okay. to get out of that business because <laughs> the statistics haven't changed. People are still eating one and a half servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And probably the pandemic has made yeah. that go even lower. So You Are Deathless. And when did that come out? Uh, just uh, August 28th was the launch of it. So it's all oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Um, on to uh, a best-selling status uh, mm -hmm. in the new NDE near-death uh, near experience category, but it's a near-death experience taught me how to fully live and to Is it uh, self-published? Is there a publisher? Yeah, I self-published it, uh -huh. but um, the company that I work with, it's... Um, you come up with your own publishing company. So it's with new eyes right. publishing. That okay. So, so now that has just come out. out. Congratulations. Number of pages. hundred and uh, the hardback is 177. Oh, okay. The book All right. Now written. in there is probably everything that you want to talk about now. Right. Yes. Um, and so let's talk about it. Um, okay. Go, you know, what, uh, what does it mean that you are deathless? Well, you know, um, when I was trying to think of a title, you know, deathless just seemed like, uh, Ooh, I don't know if people really, it's, it's the word breathless means without a breath, you yes, know, right. but deathless, obviously without a death. Yeah. Is that what the idea? Yes. And to the opposite of that is to understand that your eternity, eternality, which mm -hmm. is not eternal and it's not. Uh, eternity it's there actually it's is a, a state word. yeah it's mm -hmm. a state of being of uh, being eternal of having mm -hmm. no end so your soul is endless 
it's everlasting. It, it will go on forever. So yeah. that's what I want people to understand that your physical body, yes, it dies, it decays, but your yes. soul, your spirit leaves you and goes on forever. And your soul has this long, long life. Okay. And okay. so um, that's what I want people to understand. And that now, what you're saying to me, I'm so, sorry if I'm not okay. interrupting you, what you're saying to me now are, uh, is the fruit of your experience or the fruit of your experiments? You know, is, is it, go. It's, it's from the NDE. It is uh -huh. from my experience. Um, and I tell you that because my memory came back almost 20 years later of what happened. Ah. And so, why do you think that is that it came back so late? Well, I think um, there's a couple of reasons. First okay. of all, the only thing I remember during that whole time from being in the hospital for four months and then rehab for eight months right. was bright white lights. That's okay. all I ever remembered. And okay. I remembered asking my surgeon, could that have been the operating room lights? And she said, no way, Nicole, that you were unconscious. You, uh -huh. you were not conscious at all when uh, they brought you in. You didn't come to until the next morning. So no, there was no way that you saw operating lights. That is something out of this realm that I would have to say is mystical or yeah. spiritual. Uh -huh. Raymond Moody, who is coined the term uh, near-death experience, that is one of the common traits of near-death experience is mm -hmm. the bright, white, clear light. And if you think about it, um, what I experienced on the other side were all these other different colors that we don't even have in our color spectrum. So it's not in that 64 box Crayola uh, uh -huh. that people have to, to, to color with. It was other ones, but what does white do? White absorbs all the other colors, right? Mm -hmm. so, but uh, according to you, you, you mentioned um, my guardian angel, the person who saved you. Were, yes. Did you keep in touch with that person over the years? Well, my guardian, I have two guardian angels, but mm -hmm. the angel that saved me, yeah. I just figured out, it just came to me three weeks ago. It was my grandfather, Kerr, and he oh. was the one uh, James Kerr that that saved me that picked ah. me up took me and you're you're home. sure of this I mean yeah. you're sure of this he was in body or was he in he was an angelic spirit. form because uh -huh. the only thing I believed in at that point at age 19 I grew up southern baptist baptist the bible I, belt yes mm -hmm. and lutheran so my mother was lutheran so we had to go to lutheran church in the morning the baptist church at night the baptist church on wednesdays the baptist church the whole week of a revival so mm -hmm. we uh got conflicting messages actually about yeah, of course right and who was right wrong about so let's go back to the 20 year time lapse and why do you think um to the best of your knowledge what do you think triggered the um understanding of what occurred during that nde well it wasn't the starbucks coffee that i had just bought um i, no. <laughs> I know coffee can do I wish a lot it were of that easy <laughs> I wish it was that easy for people's memories to come back. But um, at that point in my life, I had not 
I had done my own therapy work. My mother did not believe in me seeing a mental health provider. She did not okay. think that I needed uh -huh. that. So she told yeah. the doctor that Jesus and God were our psychiatrist. Okay. Right? So I developed an eating disorder straight away when I left. Straight away when? Uh, a year after the accident. Okay. I uh -huh. was taken away from my parents, raised, uh, okay. helping me, and I went to yeah. live with my sister. Okay. Right? So had had no mental help. And that's when the eating disorder started. Okay, so that is why you dealt with, you know, eating the rainbow lifelong nutritional wellness. I went into nutrition so you went to into figure that. out my own problem. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so let's put that aside. And then this 20-year lapse. Um, my, my body had not felt safe. I really uh -huh. do believe the body keeps the score. There's the that book. Um, by Van Kessel that mm -hmm. talks about how your body holds memory. And well, it's it's really the soul with a body and it's yes. the soul that has the memory, right? Right. Uh -huh. So it felt safe enough at that point to let me know what really happened and yeah. the details of what if, what happened enough for me to know that my message moving forward was to tell people not to be afraid of death mm -hmm. and I'm going really now how am I supposed to do that you're right how are you supposed to do that well come on illuminate us I'm here listening <laughs> and there are a lot yeah. of people listening to you <laughs> so it's taken me another 20 years I feel like that what is it that is Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years it's like trying yeah. to figure my life out this has been my whole adult life is mm -hmm. trying you know to understand what the mind body soul spirit alignment looks like and yes, looks like, right. And feels like. Well, what does it look like? Come on, tell us. Again, <laughs> don't hold back. Uh, well, it's you know, like pulling teeth. <laughs> first of all, uh, you're a professor. Uh, right. I went to, I, I worked and trained as a scientist in nutrition with uh, uh, Centers for Disease Control. So the thing about that is you want evidence base, you know, and I know, I know and, they're in contrast, but even science recognizes that no matter how hard the heart scientists, no matter how hard you want to concentrate on where that beginning of life started, they don't have it. They don't have the that, time. They right. don't have the phenomena. So we know that that's not all there is. Right. So, so, but a lot of people only operate from the neck up their mind. They use their intellect. Yeah. Okay. And they don't embody emotions because right. in, America, in America, we're mm -hmm. a very illiterate country when it comes to emotions, emotions. Yeah. We learn pretty much four words, bad, mad, sad, and glad. Mm -hmm. So we don't have this buffet of emotions to really, um, be able to bring up an experience and, and uh, filter through our body. So mm -hmm. I was very much in my head and my mind processing. I should feel angry at this person uh -huh. because yeah. This. So that's the emotion that goes with the event. But right, now wait a minute, because as you're talking, I, I really hate to, to, to um, interrupt you, but I'm trying to understand from your description and linking you know there's for me there's a link missing between your experience and what you're doing today because um this neuroemotional technique mm -hmm. um is is what you do in your practice right uh, can you tell me 
a little more about that. Maybe that will make me understand better. Okay. Neuroemotional technique is um, something that I experienced about seven years ago uh-huh. when I was having stomach problems and the gastroenterologist and the doctors couldn't figure out why I would just belch. Just I was okay. a monk seal. I would just, uh-huh. bah, bah. and so, uh-huh. so I went to um, a chiropractor and he said, Nicole, this is all emotional. And I said, yeah. you're be kidding me. And sure. he, said, he said, no, this is, this is your inability to express your emotions around your toxic parents. And you're still trying to please them. And it's, it's not allowing you, you've got to start dealing with your emotions. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay. Um, and so I went and this turn, this was such a game changer in my life uh-huh. that I went and got certified in it. And it uses um, acupuncture pulse points. It's not invasive. The Chinese mm-hmm. figured this out 5,000 years ago with mm-hmm. every organ. There's an emotion that links to t- uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's the media. We have that in the history of um, Oriental medicine yes. and different forms of alternative medicine, and there are points all over the body, and yes, we exactly. get that. Yeah, we get that. But apparently, this was something special for you. Yeah, because it's linking me to figure out what the emotion is. I had a hard time. Figuring- give us an example. Come on, give us an example. Not on yourself. Let's um, an emo. Um, a fictional client. Okay. Okay. So Mr. X, Miss Y, I don't know. Miss Y comes in and she is uh, divorcing her husband who is a pastor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who is, sorry, who is a pastor. Okay. Oh, she's a pastor's wife. She was uh, entrenched in the church Mm -hmm. and wants to get divorced now. And so she has been basically in a cult type environment. Yes. So she's yes. having a lot of anxiety and she doesn't know how to manage it. And I uh-huh. said to her, okay, you know, um, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, what the anxiety is and let's try to figure out what emotion it really is because uh-huh. that's what it's manifesting at. And it turns out right. she's frustrated. She really is frustrated that she had to get a divorce, that her life didn't turn out the way she thought it was going to be. The God of yeah. her understanding didn't come through with her. So yeah. she didn't, she's had to, you know, give up her kids right now. She's going to have to sell her home. So mm-hmm. the, the, the emotion was more of the anger and the frustration and mm-hmm. not knowing what to do next in her right. life. And so mm-hmm. she couldn't identify that she couldn't go to the anger. She couldn't go to the frustration. She just knew she was anxious. And then when I said that, she goes, Oh my God, that makes so much sense, but she couldn't come up with it on her own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had to ask map her body. It's kind of like the emotion code. I had to map her body and you can do this virtually because we're all energy. Sure. Sure. And so, you know, that helped her to understand, oh, that's what I'm really feeling. I need to let my frustration and anger out. So what is a, a healthy way to do that instead of being passive aggressive or anything like that? So, you know, that's how well, I- This doesn't involve buying guns, does it? No. <laughs> no. And, and I mean, I, I, I kick boxing, a yeah. bow and arrow. I, I, I said, go throw some- plates or something like right, that you right know, right or, you know or just you know break some break some glasses <laughs> yeah yeah but once yeah. you get it and you process it and you move it yeah. through these two emotional points sure. it goes 
you, uh -huh. you don't get triggered by it anymore. But these are all present day triggers that have a root in your past somewhere. And it can't even be generational. And it can mm -hmm. be a past life where this is coming from. Sure but you can't understand why you're getting triggered, this stress response. Let and so me ask you, um, uh, typically, um, I'm, I'm, talk I'm thinking of how long does it take? I, I do many things. One of them is past life regression, hypnosis. And when I have somebody under hypnosis, usually the issue that they come for me to me for is resolved within one session maximum two sessions and it's because the person themselves go through they go through the process and they realize it, it they become aware of what the issues are yeah and it's resolved for them what about in your case how many sessions or how often or how does it work well i tell people give it at least three tries you know yeah, okay. because what happens is i go back to the original event some practitioners will just do it for the present day and right, sure. that'll that'll clear it for them yeah. but I try to go okay this started when you were three years old you know right. um and so we're going to go back and clear it for them or clear it that this is a generational imprint mm -hmm. that you know you have to people please you know or that yeah. you have to go to the Presbyterian church or whatever mm -hmm. it is you know or else so um that that's how I kind of work with that. But I've taken yeah. a hiatus from that to, to promote the book and to, to, to go more in this direction. And I'm uh -huh. feeling blessed and led that this really is and always has been my mission, which was given to me, you know, directly by spirit when my memory returned. I mean, the actual words that came out of uh, my angel's mouth was do not be afraid of death. And at the same yeah. time, if you're full of fear, you can't live your life. And if, right. you, and if you look at the International Association for Near-Death Studies, their 2020 annual report actually lists the 10 common lessons from NDEs. And you can, they're in my book and each one is a different chapter. But the first one, Claudia, is we do not die. I mean, it's uh -huh. just straight out there from from thousands of people that they've interviewed. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm surrounded by a number of people who, not surrounded, I have put up my boundaries, but uh, a person that's very close, a family member is so anxiety ridden and lives with so many fears. There is literally nothing I can do yeah. to help that person. Yeah. And I'm wondering, what is the origin of their fears? How could, I mean, why are they so fearful and I'm not? It could it only be something of personality? What you know, because you talk about in your case, uh, your family and the religious background, and that has led to certain things. Yes. And I can get that. But you know, at an age when you have gone beyond, you know, you can talk about your parents are 20, 30, 40, 50, but you know, you're 60, 70, 80 years old. You can't say, oh, you know, I grew up with uh, evangelists, you know, I it, it just doesn't jive. And I'm wondering if there is an origin of fear that you recognize or have recognized in other people. And is it possible to understand or, or have that emerge? Yeah. And I think um, for me, it comes at two critical points of development in the human 
uh, body. And that's mm-hmm. six years old. Six yeah. years old is when you learn to individuate. Okay. Oh, you right. don't need mommy and daddy to take you to school right. and hold your hand. You can get mm-hmm. on the school bus now, you know? And that, you know, just as an aside, that isn't the six to eight years old is when you get another spirit guide. You're born with one. Another comes in around that time. Okay. So that's interesting. Yes. So what I have found is almost every single person I've worked with stops at that age and has Ah. to deal with what caused them not to individuate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's some type of fear. And for me, it was going to the Baptist church and the Lutheran church. And it was this set of orientation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was like, if you are a bad girl, if you don't follow these rules and it wasn't just the 10 commandments, you know, I talk yeah. in my book, how my dad had his 10 commandments because he was a Marine yeah. and, you know, basically in my little kid head, my dad was representing the bigger image of yeah. father God. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're double disappointing when you do something bad and wrong. So if you're getting punished or a whipping for speaking, when you're told not to speak, you know, that's fear that comes in going, okay, you've been a bad girl. And then scaring the wee wee out of people by telling them they're going to hell. Okay. So they create this place where you're going to go and burn in eternity Um, And you won't have your family there. And, you know, it's totally made up to keep you in fear. Yeah. And plus fears are repressed and they, yes, most of them. And they're, and they're irrational. And and if you're filled with fear, you lose your clarity and clarity Mm -hmm. is so important in life. You need to be clear um, about your your energy you need to be clear about your alignment all these things do you need clarity and discernment this this idea of clarity is not necessarily not having any doubts no Uh, no. doubts is a healthy yes doubt is a healthy thing you're human and that's what you have to manage is the your humanness with your spiritualness you know and of Mm -hmm. course you're going to have doubts and of course i'm still going to have fears but i need to address those fears i need to look at them and go okay you know um is this irrational? Does yeah. it make sense? Or is it coming from somewhere else? You know, right, right. I take it on from somebody. Right. Now I have a, a final thing I want to talk about. I, I hope we have enough time. Um, God, you mentioned now, the, how would you want to talk about that? Because I get so many questions from my subscribers. You know, that is such uh, an individual concept that people have to evolve with. And I Mm -hmm. think we are at a a time of awakening where you're seeing church memberships drop in in, um, the Catholic churches. I was visiting Spain. Institutions. Yeah. I mean, all of these churches, the average age is 70, 80 years old, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what we're learning and what I learned is I thought God was a vending machine. That's how I looked at God, that I could put in the certain behavior. I could put in the right change. I would punch the Coca-Cola button and out would come the Coke. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? A couple of times I did that and I punched the button and nothing came, Ma- out. nothing came out or Mountain Dew came out and I didn't want a Mountain Dew. Right. So it's, you know, it's not the machine's fault. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's always mm-hmm. you are blamed and shamed and guilted if it didn't turn out the way you thought. So so now let's say that if I can summarize here, um, what is missing 
and what I find with most of the clients that come to me is the lack of responsibility for their own spirituality. Yes. Um, when there is a spiritual awakening that comes with a responsibility that is in certain, in a certain, to a certain degree, it's a power, but it also comes with responsibility and it's different for everyone. And um, that's, I've, that's what I find. That's my two cents that people think the awakenings from up there. I'm I'm getting it. You know, it's coming. Yeah. You know? and, <laughs> it's and, coming here. God yeah, is yeah. God is not external. And yeah. that's what we were taught growing up. You know, mm -hmm. you did these actions to please God, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I had my near-death experience, what happened 20 years later is I realized God is love. Period. Yes. In the sentence, so that's, that's it. energy. That's yeah, he is, and there is nowhere God is not. It mm -hmm. is everywhere. So that goes against my total upbringing. No one in my family yeah. understands yeah. this. They still don't believe me to mm -hmm. this day. Right, uh, right. They're still seeped into the uh, the religious denominations yeah. that have well, got this is, book. but it's not only you. I mean, it's all yes, over. No, and that's why right. I'm trying. To I know. So uh, I'm saying, I'm trying to think how we could end, you know, this ending is sort of an invitation for listeners and, and our viewers that they can seek and find their own God, or they can, you know, it's something that um, it's like um, logic. If you say, uh, once I went to a professor, we were talking about research and he said, well, if you want something to keep you busy, go study logic for the rest of your life, you know? And so it's the same thing here. Think about God. You can, that will bring you your, until the end of your days. You That's right. The concept think, of right? God. Yeah. I, and I, so, had, so, I yeah. had a client, she was six years old. And I said to her one day, I said, what do you, what do you think God is? And she knew exactly. She said to me, <laughs> Nicole, God is um, the color blue, and <laughs> there's a bunch of balloons, all different colors, and it, he's headless, but he talks. Yeah, <laughs> good, good for her. Good for her. And I was just like, I hope you never lose that, you know? Right, you of course. It, was, of it course. was an energy she was pulling yeah, off sure, together with. Sure. And Nicole, for thank you so much for having uh, taken the time and uh, spending it with us and uh, chatting away. There's so much more. I know I we just touched the surface, but let me uh, see the book again and yes. tell us the title. You are deathless. And uh, Nicole Care. And look at that credential, BTDT. Been there, done that. Done that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes that, that's the, my most important credential. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the um uh the episode notes, this will all be located and and mentioned. So you can get in touch with Nicole from her website if you uh, are so inclined. Thanks again, Nicole. And I hope our paths cross again. I do too. Bye -bye. Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>